0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a special edition of the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bueller, And of course, I'm here with my co-host and twin sister, Brittany. Hello, hello. So as promised, we're back with another episode this week, a special bonus episode for you guys. As you all know, the new year is quickly approaching and 2020 has been wild to say the least. A lot has happened this year and the new year is always one of my personal favorite times of the year. I'm one of those people that, you know, likes to look back and reflect on all the great things that happened, all the things that I've learned from this year, and then make resolutions and look forward to the new year and all the great things that are going to be coming in the future. And today we wanted to do a bonus episode where we talk about gymnastics wise of the great things that have happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. Although we didn't have a whole lot of gymnastics this year, there's still a lot that happened and so much to be grateful for. You almost don't even realize like the year went by so fast and there was so much negativity in the world that you almost just kind of forget about some of the good things that happened. And also just thinking about the fact that there was a little bit of gymnastics this year. And even though it was early on and it kind of got covered up in the chaos of what was happening in the world this year it is nice to just look back and remind yourself of, you know, some of the moments that there were this year that made us happy, or that felt normal, you know. Mm -hmm. Earlier this year, we were going to gymnastics meets, which Mm -hmm. now it just feels like that's so far away. I saw a tweet on Twitter asking, like, it wasn't from, like, the gymnastics world, it was just, like, a tweet of, like, a viral, like, you know, it was, like, a viral tweet. Like, I saw it on my personal Twitter, I'm pretty sure, but it was basically just asking, like, what was the last thing that you did before quarantine? Like, before the world basically got shut down? Like, what was the last thing you actually went out in public and Mm did? And one of the last Things that we did was actually go to a gymnastics meet. Mm -hmm. We were at Eastern Michigan versus MSU, and I'm pretty sure a few days later was when everything basically started to blow up. Yeah, it's also really interesting to look back and just think about like how naive we were during that time. I mean, I'm obviously speaking from like my personal perspective. I'm sure there's people out there that were more like in the loop and you know like, in the in this the know. Coming. Yeah, I think I was just so ignorant to it all because I kind of remember them talking about like, possibly, like, having to cancel the season and, like, there being all this uncertainty. And I'm over here, like, what's wrong? Like, do do do. Like, yeah, you're like, life? there's no way that's going to happen. Yeah. Because actually, at that, me, EMU versus MSU, I was with the team down on the floor doing some, like, video work. And they were talking about possibly having to reschedule their you know, the last meet of the regular season because of the coronavirus. And I was like, that's like a thing like that's happening. like, I knew it was happening around the world, but I didn't know that it was in the United States yet. Yeah. Or that it was ever going to be. Like, in my brain, I was just like, why is everyone overreacting? Yeah. And little <laughs> did I know that was going to be my last, like, normal moment in a yeah. very long time. That was such a normal day. We went to a gymnastics meet. I remember me and you went and got Chick-fil-A afterwards. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, then the and world then just And then after shut down. that, very quickly after that, everything just kind of flipped and it was like a completely different reality. <laughs> and so much has happened between now and then. So we're going to try and keep this episode positive because that's what the new year is all about. You always want to start off reflecting on the good times from the year and then kind of getting excited and thinking about all the great things that are going to happen in 2021. I do believe that a lot's in store for us and I believe that good things are coming for all of us, so... Before we get to that though, we have to reflect back on 2020. Despite everything that's happened, what are some of your favorite moments from this year? I want to start by saying that I'm actually very excited to do this because normally Brittany and I, we sit down and we kind of collaborate and we plan podcasts together. But for this one, we decided that we were going to come up with our own moments on our own and then come together and talk about it. So I'm really interested to see what you're going to come up with for your favorite moments. But I guess I'll go first. So, and this is no particular order. I mean, these are all moments that stand out to me from this year, so no particular order here, but I would have to say one thing that made me really happy this year was back when the whole quarantine thing first started, the Olympic Channel was doing reruns of old Olympics. Yep. (laughs) That's on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're probably going to have a couple that overlap here, but... So I think that they played 1988, 1996, 2004, 2008... Do they do 2012 and 2016 too? Yes. Okay. So they did basically all of the most recent Olympics. We just didn't watch 2012 and 2016 because I've watched it recently. Yeah. I was more excited to see the older Olympics, like the ones mm-hmm. that were nostalgic for us, like 2004 and 2008. Yeah. And also the ones that we weren't alive for, like ADA and well, we were technically we were alive for '96, but we were like <laughs> bar- we were barely we were one born. years old, so that doesn't really count. But just getting to watch that live it, it felt like it was live gymnastics and yeah. it was just really cool to see and something else that I thought was really cool about that was some of the gymnasts from the Olympic teams were going live on Instagram and kind of doing some commentary along with the broadcast and for some of them like I think Carly Patterson that was the first time that she'd ever actually like rewatched her Olympics and she called her coach Evgeny Marchenko at one point and it was just so cool to be able to yeah. hear their commentary and watch their reactions as they rewatched their Olympics and I don't know I just it was fun and with The way things were happening at that point in time It was like we were all kind of depressed Because that was the very beginning of quarantine And all the uncertainty with COVID And it was just kind of a depressing time And that really, like, for me personally It was kind of uplifting to just, you know Watch gymnastics and feel some happiness inside of me Some sense of normalcy Yeah Yeah, I was gonna say I think that what I really liked about that Well, two things I liked from it One, it was just super nostalgic Just to go back and watch those Olympics It had been a while since I'd watched either you know mm-hmm. the 2004 or 2008 for me like 96 like you said we were one years old at the time so like, obviously we didn't watch it we, 88 we didn't watch so we it had never we had never watched 96 like we watched select routines but we never actually watched the full broadcast so it was really cool to be able to do that and then have it just like blown up on your tv it's not like you're watching it from a youtube stream on your phone yeah it, it felt different. So, it felt so real so that was a lot of fun and the other thing too that i liked was feeling like we were all in it together mm-hmm. you know having the entire gym tonight kind of get together and watch the same thing at the same time and we're all tweeting about it and talking about it and to have the athletes in on it too mm-hmm. you know seeing carly patterson and sean and nastia and ali raisman and Lauren hernandez you know all mm-hmm. the athletes that were going live and, you know, kind of watching along with us. Mm-hmm. It made it kind of a really cool experience. Like, it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, you don't actually ever get to watch the Olympics alongside the athletes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because they're there. They're competing. Right. So, it was just really cool. Also, you said Sean and Ostia, I totally forgot. They went live together and they had their Olympic leotards on. Like, yep. the, the leotards <laughs> they wore during the all-around finals. So, that was a lot of fun, too. What about you? What would you say is your favorite moment? So... Just like you, I have a lot, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot that are the same. But I'm going to start at the top of my list, and this, again, is not the top of my list meaning, like... It's not in order. It wasn't, like, actually my favorite thing, necessarily. It's just the first thing that came to my mind, and that's because it's this thing that happened most recently, and that's Larissa Yurdaki's comeback. Yeah. So, she has been out since, I think 2017 was the last time she competed. So, basically, like, all of 2018, all of 2019... And basically all of 2020 until the very end of 2020, she finally made a comeback and she won beam and floor at the most recent European Championship. So super cool to see her back out on the floor. Yeah, She's I've... been a fan favorite for years. One of our favorites for years. Yeah, I thought that, you know, she was going to be done with gymnastics. And I think a lot of people did too. She was kind of just out of it for a while. And I think a lot of people assumed that she was retired, but then she decided to make a comeback, I guess, if you want to call it that. And... Yeah, it was just really great to see her competing again, and also to have success, because I feel like the Romanians, they haven't had a lot of success in the gymnastics world in a while, and to have her, you know, come home with some medals, it's really nice to see. Yeah, and I was actually reading, like, back in an interview in 2018, she said that she felt like, with all of her injuries, that she felt like there was a 50% chance that she was even going to make a comeback. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people were starting to write her off. So it's kind of crazy that, you know, here comes the end of 2020 and we finally get to see her doing gymnastics again. And she looked great. Mm -hmm. You know, she's in great shape. Her gymnastics overall as a whole looked great. And I'm really excited to see what she's going to do in the future. Hopefully she can make it to another Olympics, fingers crossed. I think that she looks great, and I'm so glad to see her back out on the floor and winning and contending for medals. Yeah. Next on my list, I had Kyla Ross and Maggie Nichols and the end of their gymnastics careers. Now, of course, it didn't really go how anyone wanted it to, you know, with COVID and everything, but just seeing them out there in their senior years killing it, doing some of their best gymnastics. And, you know, really they looked like they were in the best shape of their lives during their senior year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know if that's how they felt, but they definitely looked that way. And another thing that I enjoyed, it was them kind of battling it out for the perfect 10 record which of course is held by former UCLA gymnast Jamie Dancer and she had twenty eight tens in her career and Kyla and Maggie were approaching that and I think that if the season hadn't got canceled there was a strong possibility that one of them could have maybe done it. Maggie got a lot more 10s last year than Kyla did. She ended up getting four on vault and then one on bars and then Kyla had one on vault and two on bars. Kyla had a lot more routines in my opinion that should have been yeah, Kyla was junior. robbed for sure. Yeah. Like many occasions she was robbed. But the best part of it all is that they actually both by the time the season ended, they had the same number of career perfect 10s. So they both ended their careers with 22 tens. Didn't reach the record, but still phenomenal gymnasts, phenomenal careers. They're going to be missed so so much and just seeing them out there one last time and getting to do gymnastics which they it feels like they've been around for so long. Yeah. And course we wanted to see what they were going to do in the postseason but do you think that one of them would have beat the record if season hadn't been canceled probably i mean i, I think maybe maggie because maggie seemed to be getting more tens really because i feel like my gut was always going with kyla to be honest, they both deserve it. <laughs> they do. But I think that Maggie was kind of on a roll with getting the 10s and Kyla was... It's not that she wasn't on a roll because she very much was on a roll, but she just wasn't getting rewarded the 10s as much. As In the she same probably... way that Maggie was. Yeah, so I kind of had a feeling with the way things were going that Maggie maybe would have done it, but they both deserved it. So, the next memory from 2020 that I have on my list is something that I'm sure you have on your list. You have to. And if you don't, you're crazy. Can I try and predict what you're going to say? Yes. You're going to say Michigan breaking their program record? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So... For those of you that don't know, at the Elevate the Stage meet earlier this year, Michigan broke their program record and we were there in attendance for it. And it was so much fun to watch. Such a fun meet, so much energy. Elevate the Stage is always lit. Mm-hmm. Like every year, it's always lit. It feels like a national championship. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. And this year, Michigan got a 19795 so, so painfully close to the 198 mark. So that was the program record. So the last time they scored that high was back in 2000, which was a 19785. Mm-hmm. So they basically like shattered that record, blew that out of the park. Then they go the next week, and they basically did it again at home. They got a 1979, which was their second highest score. So basically, they broke their program record. Then the next week, they basically got their second highest score. So they broke that previous program record twice, back to back. And I was, it was so much fun to watch. I was so glad that happened because I feel like Michigan's kind of underrated and they don't always have as many eyes on them as, you know, some of the schools in the SEC conference or the Pac-12. And, you know, that meet to me really just solidified how great of a team they are. And I was hoping that that would prove to the world, the gymnastics world, that, they were contenders for the national title, and most definitely contenders to get back to, well, it would have been four on the floor. They, Michigan, the finals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan was, they kind of had this thing going where they would have a really great season, and then when it came down to it, they wouldn't make you know, finals at nationals, or they wouldn't make nationals and all, is that they had a rough postseason. Yeah. And they always had a talented team and they always, like, feel, it always felt like they deserved to be there, but they could never get the job done. And the last time they had qualified to finals was 2011. So it felt like last year was finally going to be the year they did that. Oh, it was. I know it was. Like, I, I just know in my heart that and, they were going to make it. And that performance, to me, those two meets back-to-back really solidified in my mind that, like, Michigan's legit, and you know they're gonna be there at nationals, so. which makes me so excited for this season too, mm-hmm. just to see them. Hopefully, do that again and more. Also, just piggybacking off of that, I wanted to give a little shout out to Abby Brenner. We actually had her on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she was phenomenal on vault. She really just came into her own. She seemed comfortable, and she was phenomenal on vault her freshman year as well. Super, super consistent. Like if you go look at her scores, it was like a consistent nine eight five. Every single weekend, like she didn't go below a nine eight. Yeah. Her entire freshman year, and then last year she really upped the game. She scored over nine nine several times, as well as hit a new career high in the very last meet of the season at Oklahoma, and she got a nine nine seven five. So I really enjoyed watching her on vault. Really got consistent with those landings, and it was just nice to see because I felt like that was the one thing that she was missing from her freshman year. She has a nice vault, but she wasn't sticking the landing. And then her sophomore year, I. I I don't know what she did leading up to the season. Kicked it into high gear, apparently. She did, and it was so much fun to watch her. And really, Michigan as a whole was just so much fun to watch last season. And I'm super, super excited for this season. Was that one of yours? That was actually my next one. Was it really? Yes. So we just think alike. So I'll skip that one, and I'll go down to Morgan Hurd winning the American Cup after she didn't make the world's team the year prior i think a lot of people after not making worlds they kind of started to write her off and i was always kind of like no like you all need to chill like she's still good like she just kind of had a rough year she's gonna be fine and i think that she was coming out the gate strong this year she had a really good performance at american cup and kind of put herself back in a lot of people's minds as far as making the olympic team it's like okay just because she didn't make it at worlds last year Doesn't mean that she's, you know, not going to make the Olympic team. So, I know. Talk about pressure. That's, like, an immense amount of pressure to have to come back after that, Mm -hmm. knowing that all eyes are on you and people are waiting to see, like, if you're going to, like, sink or swim. And also... You know, if she hadn't have won, what would people be saying? What would people be thinking? And I'm sure that was something that weighed on her mind, too. Not to say that, you know, if she didn't win the American Cup, she wasn't going to make the Olympic team. No, like, but you know like, that about, that would have, would have just added fuel to people's fire, the people yeah. that were doubting her. So she went into the meet with a lot of pressure, and I think she just handled it all beautifully, and yeah, well-deserved win. And you love to see it. We love Morgan Hurd. She's a phenomenal gymnast, a phenomenal person, and... She yeah. just she just looked different at the American Cup than she did the year prior. She did, yeah. She was kind of like she had a fire lit under her butt or something, and she was ready to kick ass. <laughs> so moving on, I actually have two that I might just clump together because they're basically like the same for two different reasons. They okay. both involve UCLA and they both involve perfect tens. Okay. Gracie Kramer's Perfect Ten versus Washington. What I love the most about that ten is that. The whole gym cadet was just like passionately rooting for this to happen. Like, we all felt like she deserved it. There wasn't a a single person that didn't want it. Yeah. And she finally got it. And I think that her reaction, she was so genuinely surprised, which is always really fun to see. Like, you know, with someone like Kyla Ross and Maggie Nichols. You kind of just come to expect it, and it's almost not even, like, fun anymore. I'm not saying mm. it's not, like... I don't want to say it's not fun, but you know what but I it's, mean. Like, you expect it. Yeah. Like, it's not... It's like, oh, another 10. Like, mm-hmm. yay. But then when Gracie got a 10, like, the emotion, uh, not only on her face, but, like, her teammates and, like, everyone in Poly Pavilion... Even the announcer, like, everybody was screaming, Gracie Kramer's perfect! Yeah. <laughs> everybody was so amped up. We were joking around <laughs> with the announcer. Not the announcer, the commentator. Yeah saying, Gracie Kramer is perfect. We were saying that we should make that, like, our tones on our phones. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been funny. Yeah. It also would have been obnoxious, but. but... it was just, yeah, it was a... Gracie's always been a phenomenal floor worker. Her floor routines are some of the greatest UCLA floor routines of all time, in my opinion. So it's just funny. to see her finally in her senior year, like, go from being a walk-on athlete mm-hmm. to getting a perfect 10. Like, who does that? Yeah, she's she's the perfect example of somebody that came into college not really like a known person. She wasn't on anyone's radar. Yeah, it's, you know, we just talked about this on Monday's episode where you have girls that join teams and they're kind of like, who are you? And it's not to say that people don't know who they are. Like, of course, if you're like a hardcore fan, like you, you know what's going on, but she wasn't, you know, her name didn't have the weight that it has now. It's like, we all know who Gracie Kramer is. She's amazing. Everyone loves her. And she went out at UCLA as a superstar and she did finally get her time, which is really nice to see. And you know what's coming next Grace Glenn's perfect hand on Beam oh, as the yeah. leadoff. That's that's a good one. Yeah. You didn't think of that one? Nope. <laughs> Well, see, you like just forget when yeah. you were fucked back on 2020, so much has happened. You forget that great things like that happen. Yeah, a historic moment. <laughs> yes. So she was the first ever leadoff 10 on Beam. I was trying to figure out, because I know there was a 10 in the leadoff before, mm-hmm. and it's somewhere out there, but like it's not living in my brain rent-free, apparently, because I don't yeah. remember who it was. I don't so remember So if you guys are listening and you know who in the past has gotten a perfect 10 as a leadoff, even if it was another event let us know. Reach out to us on social media because I couldn't find it. Mm. But, regardless, historic moment. You love to see it, and it just goes to show that Just because you're a leadoff doesn't mean you're not capable of bringing in a huge score. Yeah. You can be perfect and be a leadoff. My biggest thing with scoring in college gymnastics is it should always be about how the routine is performed and not about what team you're from, where you are in the lineup, anything like that. And, you know, I appreciate her getting a ten in the leadoff spot because that goes to show that the judges were simply doing their job. Her routine was perfect. Her technique is so perfect week in and week out she was doing perfect routines. So she really deserved that ten. And it doesn't matter if she's first in the lineup, middle of lineup, back of lineup. The routine should always score the same if the judges are basing their score off of the routine Which they should be. Yeah. But we know that's not always the case. (laughs) Carol. (laughs) I really appreciate it though that she did get that ten in the leadoff spot because I think it just shows that it's definitely possible and, you know, hopefully it'll encourage coaches not coaches, judges, <laughs> in the future. Well, actually, maybe it will encourage coaches to put certain athletes up first if they feel like they're worthy of a time. Like, don't let lineup positions, you know, determine the scores. Yeah. Sticking to the college gymnastics theme here, how about... We have a new college gymnastics team, LIU. Good one. You I didn't, didn't have, have that. Put that no. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm really th- proud of us so far for really only having one that was the same. And it was Michigan, of course. Yeah. I had fun trying to think of things that were good moments, but that maybe you wouldn't think of. And I was hoping you wouldn't think of some of the ones I had. So I'm That's glad you did a good it. one. But yeah, we, we got a new college gymnastics team, which was nice because it feels like lately so many teams are being cut or facing the possibility of being cut. So it's nice to have a new team joining the world of college gymnastics. And it's just been fun to watch them go through their firsts so you know the first coaching staff, the first roster, the first leotard—they're—they're they're really just taking this all in and sharing it with the gymnastics world, which has been really fun. You know, following them on social media—they feel like our babies. Almost. Yeah, we're we're watching them grow, and I think that you don't really get to see that that often. I think the last time we had a new college gymnastics team was Lindenwood. And that was in, like, 2013 or 2014 or something like that. It was a couple years ago. And Arkansas is relatively new, too, I think. Yeah. But uh, no one is as new as LIU. And, you know, college teams, new college teams, don't come around that often. This isn't something that happens every year, even every few years. So really fun to have that happen this year of all the years. And they're really wasting no time. They're getting right into it. And, you know, they're planning to compete this season, hopefully. So it's been fun to watch them kind of develop and you know, become a college gymnastics team. (laughs) Oh gosh, you're (laughs) laughing? So my next one is kind of a funny one. Okay. Do you remember that poll with the guy from Florida? (laughs) (laughs) So- Not that. There was this guy, I don't even know, like, I think he had a podcast- Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know who he is. I just remember being involved with these polls that he was creating, (laughs) and it was to establish who was the greatest Florida Gator of all time. So, one of the polls came down to Alex McMurtry and some basketball player. This is no disrespect to basketball players. I just don't know this guy's name. It doesn't, like, process in my brain. Like, it doesn't stick. Mm -hmm. So, I don't remember the guy's name. But it was a basketball player versus Alex McMurtry, and this guy was like... So hardcore being biased towards the basketball player. He was allowing people to retweet and, you know, promote the, the poll and basically say, like, hey, like, vote for, you know, this guy. But then when the gym connect kind of band together and was like, hey, everyone, like, vote for Alex, he was suddenly, like, trying to put a stop to it. Oh, yeah. He was trying to put the kibosh on that real quick. Yeah. So it was cool. It was, it's in my top favorite memories because it was kind of funny. And Alex so, did end up winning the poll. What he did was he disqualified her at the end once he realized that she won, which is so annoying. That's in my top moments of moments that pissed me off from 2020. Oh, are we gonna go there? Because we can go there. <laughs> next week. Next week. <laughs> no, but that was so annoying because he was trying to control something that really he had no right to be controlling. Like, like that's, that's literally the point of a poll. Yeah, and that's it's for how it people works. to vote and with social media. People share things. They retweet it. They you know, they get it out to their followers so they can vote. I don't see how in any way that's cheating or rigging the polls by right. a gymnastics account retweeting this and saying, hey, vote for Alex when everybody to Alex a bunch of gymnastics fans. Yes, yeah, yeah. so when the basketball fans were doing it, it was fine. But then when we do it, it's not fine. I smell bullshit. Right. Well, the point of the poll is to... Let people vote who they want to vote for, and you can't stop one specific group of people from voting. I just think this is an example of a man refusing to be beat by a girl. So he just disqualifies her because he couldn't stand the fact that a female gymnast be a male basketball player. Yeah, it's that or it's possible that it was something about, you know, her going up against a basketball player and some guys think that gymnastics isn't a sport and basketball is the greatest sport and things like that. So it's like, there's no way that a gymnast can be a basketball player. The fans clearly spoke on this one and Alex McMurtry won, so... Oh, and the what, what can I say? You forgot the best part. Did you say this that he took the poll to Facebook and because he thought we weren't going to find it, and we did? <laughs> I actually <laughs> forgot about that part. So I just, just know he disqualified her at the end after like the poll was done. And and he she was blocking won. people. So ridiculous! <laughs> like if you're gonna run a poll like that to try and find the greatest, first of all, you can't really compare sport to sport. Like, it's hard to be like, who's the greatest athlete of all time? Like, gymnastics fans will tell you it's Simone Biles, but swimming fans will tell you it's Michael Phelps, and, Mm -hmm. you know, track and field fans will say it's Usain Bolt. Like, there can be the greatest athletes of all time for each sport. You could break it down to levels. College. You could break it down to teams. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many different facets of it that, like, it's really hard to compare when it's across sport. And it's all just a matter of opinion, really. That's what it comes down to. Too, is just people's opinions. And if this guy's not respecting gymnastics. That too. Truly. But if this guy didn't want people's opinions, then he probably shouldn't have started a poll for people to vote on because he obviously wasn't willing to accept anything other than a basketball player winning. Exactly. So the last one on my list, I guess it's kind of a two-parter, but we have comebacks. We already talked about Larissa, but I want to talk about Chelsea Memo. That was my last one too, was, was it? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, best one to end on. Chelsea Memo, she made her comeback ofif- official in August, and it's been so much fun just to watch her in the gym training. She's been posting a lot of videos on YouTube and just kind of documenting her journey and the whole process, and it's been a lot of fun. I, I you know, I watch her videos every weekend cause she posts on Sundays, and I never saw this coming in 2020, <laughs> so I don't think anyone did. And so. it's the fact that in such a short period of time, she went from being retired to being like kind of like a low-key contender for the Olympics. Like, Mm. she has a shot. Not saying it's going to be easy for her, but... She's definitely in the mix. And if she doesn't make it to the Olympics, there's always the World Championships. And if she doesn't make the Olympics, then I feel like she's definitely a shoo-in for the World Championship team. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a total plot twist. Nobody saw that coming, you know, at the start of this year. And it kind of started off as a joke. Like, she was just posting videos for fun. Like, she's in the gym doing back talks and just seeing what she can do. And then she started doing more and then more and then more. And then people started, like, teasing her on... Twitter, and then all of a sudden it was like she was actually coming back, and it was a real thing. So that's been so, so cool to see. And then also Lori Hernandez, she technically, you know, didn't announce her comeback this year. She kind of started training and all that last year, but just seeing the progressions that she's made this year, I think a lot of people... Kind of doubted her and her intentions and whatever. There's there's been so much hate towards her, unnecessary hate towards her. And yeah, people basically just saying that she's doing this for like publicity. Yeah, which I, I think every Olympic athlete when they make a comeback, they get accused of that. Mm-hmm. Like that's just right. Like like we've a thing. we've heard that before. Like next, but you know she's just so amazing. I give her so much props. And I have so much respect for her for coming back and. Going with, going through what she went through this year with, you know, the whole Maggie Haney thing and having to face her in a time just, to like, make a comeback. And, and just processing, like, her own experience and, like, the trauma that she went through and... Mm. To rise above all of that and still at the end of the day find success and actually be able to say that she's in contention for this upcoming Olympics, I think is just incredible. And not a lot of people can do that. And she looks so good, like she's been posting a lot of videos recently on all four events. She's completely back. I mean, I would say that she's, you know, almost in the shape that she was back in 2016. She has all her skills back, and, you know, not all of them are necessarily, you know, like on competition surface. Like her vault, for example, she She's not necessarily landing on a competition. But so why best? would she be at this point? <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need to be. And for the most part, I would say that she's back and her comeback is legit. Well, and also another obstacle, which is, you know, an obstacle that everybody had to face, was not even being able to train for half a year. Mm-hmm. You know, with her being in California and California being one of the states that's been in lockdown, like, the longest... She really had it rough. So mm. for her to rise above everything that happened with Maggie Haney and M.G.A. Lee and all the people gaslighting her and victim-shaming her. And doubting not, her. To not only rise above that, but then also just the physical obstacle of being out of the gym for so long and to still look as amazing as she does. Iconic. She's mm-hmm. a queen. We stand So much respect for her. So what about like personal things if you don't mind sharing if we want to delve into our personal lives a little bit what's something maybe like the biggest lesson that you learned and maybe like your greatest accomplishment your proudest moment or just like something that made you happy from this year that we can share with our listeners um let's i'm kind of putting you on the spot we didn't think about this beforehand i'm literally just throwing this question at her um well this one i think is pretty easy and also pretty common sense for me. I think going out of my comfort zone and I accepted a internship position where I was doing commentary for EMU Gymnastics Home Meets, which are broadcasted on ESPN. And that's something that's totally out of my comfort zone. Um, and also kind of this podcast. I mean, me and you were not really people that love to talk that much. I mean, of course, we love to talk about gymnastics. yeah. But, but we like hate talking in general. <laughs> yeah. And me and you were always like bullied growing up for the way that we talk. And, um, you know, I don't really like to be on camera and things like that. So I think just, we were always like super like introverted and shy, too. Yeah. And I think just kind of pushing through that and proving to myself that I could do those things and do it somewhat well I guess I mean I of course I can nitpick myself and be hard on myself but ultimately I think that you know it's hard to do these things and to actually do it I guess I'm proud of myself for that so I should be I would say that would probably be one of my top moments from this year because it was also just a really cool experience and made me feel cool (laughs) <laughs> I felt like cool on your behalf. I'm like that's my did. sister. Like I literally like on my Snapchat, like every time she was on my TV screen, I had to record it and be like, "That's my sister." Like I literally had to be that bitch. Brittany was too proud. I was like a momager. <laughs> like, you should see me at these meets. So I would go to the meets and actually, like, pull out my camera and, like, be, like, going around, like, taking pictures of her as she's doing her thing. Trying to get the angle. Literally being, like, the most annoying momager ever. Then meanwhile, but I had no shame, though, because I was just so proud of me. Meanwhile, you. I'm trying to, like, focus and, like, think about, like, what I need to say. <laughs> and I can, like... Like, look, like, move my eyes just a little bit and see her in, like, the corner of my eye, like, with her phone off. And, like, she's not stopping either. Like, she's going the whole time. No, like, I did it every single time. And I plan to do it again this year if I'm able to. During the intro part, we would do a couple different takes i guess if that's what you want to call it and we'd do it like two or three times and she would be doing the same thing every time Like she wouldn't stop like (laughs) there was no moment where she just like chilled out and sat down when she was like going like whenever the whenever i was in front of the camera holding the microphone she's like i'm proud (laughs) what can i say (laughs) anyway no it's just cool it's cool that like you know just thinking of us as like little girls and being really big gymnastics fans to you know go home and Turn the TV on and pull up that stream and see you. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just crazy. I think I'm the kind of person that likes to stay busy and I also like to challenge myself. And I think I definitely did that this year, especially with everything that's going on. Like, this has just been a really hard year. And, you know, we started this podcast at the very beginning of the pandemic and, you know, quarantine for us had just started. And this was just something that we wanted to do for fun. And, You know, sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes on top of work and schoolwork, it's a lot to handle. And, you know, I just try to do my best with trying to stay organized and, you know, make it the best that I can make it Mm -hmm. with what I have. And, you know, I think I've done an okay job with that. I think you've done a pretty good job with that as well. So thanks. (laughs) What about you? What would you say is either a highlight of this year for you or a moment that you were proud of? Or a lesson you've learned. So, I'm going to have to go with graduating. Graduating with air quotes. Because, as you, know, you all probably know, anybody who was a senior this year didn't get to actually graduate. We didn't get to walk. Um, and that was really, really hard for me when it was happening in the moment. Like, it kind of took away the specialness of getting a degree. So I'm the first person in our family to actually get a college degree. And to kind of have that moment feel like it was ripped away from me made me really sad. And... Um, I uh real quickly I want to interject. There was a video that came up on my Snapchat memories and I don't know where we were going or what we were doing, but it apparently I was recording you while we were in the car and you were watching like the online commencement ceremony <laughs> where they said your name and you can just see, like, the tears in your eyes. A like, single tear. I don't even think it was, like, coming down your face or anything just yet. It was just, like, the water was just in your eyes. Yeah. And you were kind of, like, smiling at your screen. But you also, you can see, like, the pain in your face. I like, know. And it's kind of funny, but also not funny. That's what I'm trying to say, though. Like, looking back, like, that'll always be one of my biggest and proudest accomplishments. Um, And it was kind of just bittersweet. But I think that graduating and... Doing it in the middle of chaos is a pretty big Mm -hmm. accomplishment. Like, I got good grades, I graduated with honors, and that was my biggest goal. So I accomplished that this year, despite it all. And I also got accepted into grad school at the very beginning of the year, back when things were still normal. That was also a big accomplishment for me, and I cried during that as well. So, (laughs) happy tears, sad tears, we had it all this year. All the tears. But nonetheless, I think that the biggest lesson that I learned this year is that... Sometimes you just got to chill out and let things be. Like, things happen in life that are not in your control. And that's basically what this entire year has been for all of us in the world. Like... There's so much going on that's been outside of our control, and although it's been hard, it has been nice in some ways to sort of take a step back and just kind of think about what actually matters in life and what kind of things make you happy. Where do you see yourself going in life? Just to have that pause for a moment to kind of reflect back and think, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, Mm -hmm. What is my purpose? And kind of find that again. I feel like that's really deep, but <laughs> I feel like I did that this year. Like, despite all of the craziness, I feel like I'm the happiest that I've ever been, and I feel like I'm the most confident in myself that I've ever been, which is crazy. Um, Last year, 2019, was probably one of the hardest years of my life, and this year was hard in different ways. Like, 2019 was personally hard. Like, I had a lot of shit going on in my personal life. And just to kind of like rise above all that, and like I knew this year was gonna be one of the best years of my life. And I feel like, despite this pandemic and everything else that happened this year, too, I still s- come out of it somehow feeling like I did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to be cheesy. And but... it was oddly like a good year on top of being a bad year. Like, it was not a good year for a lot of people, and a lot of not good things happened, but I feel like we can still look back and be happy with how some things turned out, and Mm -hmm. have good moments and good memories, and yeah, 2020 wasn't all that bad, and that's not something that I thought I was going to be able to say at the beginning of this year. It's crazy that you can go through one of the hardest years of your life. Like, the hardest year of everybody's life, collectively. Like, not just you as a person, or me as a person, like everybody in the world who's alive right now is going to look back on 2020 and be like holy crap like what happened that year mhm and then we all just are going to be able to like, say that we like made it through. Yeah. And then we all came out on the other side better, hopefully. 2020 <laughs> was a year for the history books. I mean like literal history books like when you're in high school and you're in history class and you're learning about like things that happened. Yeah, between the Black Lives Matter movement, the election, obviously the pandemic, mm-hmm. the Olympics being canceled, just so much shit that like happened has that never had never happened, happened before. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, but like we did it, guys. So if you're still listening at this point in the pod podcast doing a virtual pound it with you right now. Congrats. (laughs) We made it through 2020. And here's to 2021. I'm hoping that there's more gymnastics. I'm hoping that everybody is healthy. I'm hoping that everyone's happy. Yeah. Everybody reaches their goals that they set out for themselves this year. I think going into each year, I always try and set like one goal that I'm going to work on. I'm not going to reveal what my goal is, because I feel like it's very personal for 2021. Mine's just to drink more water, so... That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what your goals are. Keep them in the forefront of your mind. Write them down. It helps. Post it somewhere on your wall when you're walking out your door, leaving your bedroom every day. You see it. Um, I'm sorry. I'm turning into, like, a motivational speaker Yeah, no now. one asked for your... <laughs> I literally, like, I sometimes I get, like, amped up, and I just start, like, going. And I just no, wanna, it's like, okay. It's good. You're saying some good things. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> but... Anyways, thank you guys for being a part of our 2020. Thank you for being a part of this journey with this podcast and cheers to 2021. We're looking forward to it. Like I said, hopefully happiness, health, gymnastics, happiness. Did I just say happiness? You did. But double happiness. Like just double the happiness. Like we needed it at this point. <laughs> also, I want to say if you guys want to share with us some of your favorite moments, Gymnastics, personal, whatever it is, please do that. We would love to hear it. You can tell us. Like, seriously, even if it's not gymnastics related, like, tell us, like, the best thing that you did this year. Like, Mm -hmm. I would love to be able to just, like, clap for you and celebrate with you and be proud of you. Sometimes it's nice just to hear stories of good things happening to people, you know, that aren't yourself or even people that you necessarily know. So we, we really would. We're not just saying that to be like, let's just close out the podcast by saying this like, no, we would actually love to hear your guys' favorite moments or things that you did that you're proud of. What did you accomplish this year? You know, tell us about your year and we really would love to hear it. So you can send us an email. We're at allthingsgympod at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on social media. We are at allthingsgympod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We also have a website allthingsgympod.com and there's actually a little contact form on there if you want to do that as well so whatever floats your boat reach out to us talk to us about your year we'd love to hear it And I guess this is it for us in 2020. It's the end of the year. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, this year went by so fast. So thank you again all for listening, tuning in this year, following us. Thank you to our Patreon supporters, most importantly. You guys rock. Thank you so much for helping us make this podcast what it is today. It's so crazy that it's almost been a year. Not quite a year, but we started this April 1st, I think was our first episode. So it's crazy to think that, you know, in a couple months we'll be coming up on the one year mark of this podcast. That's wild. That's wild. Gotten so much support, so many kind words, and we appreciate you guys all so much. And we just want to say a big thank you. We love you, and we will see you guys in 2021. Happy New Year, guys! Happy New Year! Bye.